welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and with me today, we have somebody that's about to be all up in the show. He's about to be in here consistent. Welcome. What, what are we going to go with? We're going to go with Spells? I don't know if we can go with the whole government name. We're probably just going to go Bakari. <laughs> we're gonna go Bakari. All right. All right. I gotta keep gotta keep that in mind. So Bakari is somebody that you know I met while I was in the military. That's why I also said spells. Cause you know, there you, you know people say the last names go like that. You rarely call somebody by their first name. But now I'm out, he about to get out, so you still gotta have that chance. Yeah, you know, it could be either or man. Side. You know, sometimes I still call my wife by her last name, you know. <laughs> I used to do that too. She used to get hot. She used to get so hot. I was like, okay, 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 blah blah. But anyway, how you doing? How you doing today? How you doing? You know, first off, I'm blessed. You know, I'm just happy to be here. You know, kicking it with the homie, doing what we love, just talking shit. Mm-hmm. How about you, man? How you feeling? How you feeling on this Friday afternoon? Friday, Friday evening. I mean, actually. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm good. Uh. The wife, you know, her and the daughter done went somewhere. I don't even know where they're at. Mm. They done went somewhere to enjoy themselves. Don't you love it when you don't Dog know where they're at? Barking. I don't. I don't. <sighs> I thought I thought they were in the other room, but when I went to go get some water a while ago, the whole house was quiet, and I didn't know where anybody was. So I was like, uh, okay then. No, nah, man. You see, you, so, you're doing too much thinking. You shouldn't even question it. You should be like, oh, they in here? Bet that up. And then, you know, just enjoy yeah, the solitude. I mean, you're right. Right. Yeah, you're right. I got because that's that's rarity. That's a rarity that I get that quiet time, that peace and quiet. But anyways, you know, we 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 gonna you know, as everybody knows, we revamping how the show going. We gonna start getting like a consistent, maybe like two three episodes a week, and that's probably how we gonna we gonna stick about two to three. Every once in a while, you might see you know a, a bonus episode here and there, but for the most part, the episode is gonna be on like. Uh, Mondays and they're gonna be on Saturdays. That's just how it's gonna be. We're gonna start your week off right, we're gonna end your week off right, and occasionally you might see a Wednesday, Thursday episode, but Ooh. you know, that's not a guarantee. We just gonna our only promise we can make is that Monday and Saturday, and that's what we're gonna try to stick with. Mm. But anyway, we rapping too much about this intro. Uh, let's get let's get into the trade deadlines and the bios. It's been a while. Since you know it's been a week, so we we got we don't want to talk about it too early. It's been a week. We got some time to you know see how things going and everything. See how certain people playing. But actually, before we get into the bios and the trade deadlines, um, how you feel about Al Horford? Y'all y'all didn't move him. Y'all didn't buy him out. Y'all y'all said y'all plan to move him in the off season or do something like that, and he's just gonna sit for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I'm gonna be honest. That's two years, fifty-three mil left. So I'm gonna be honest. So if you don't know me, I'm an OKC fan. So it, we've been we've been struggling to to commit to a full rebuild for a couple of years now. You know, we we keep running into superstars that keep us relevant, relevant, and we almost did it again this year. Not with superstars, but we were just too competitive. And we had to start, you know, having people quote unquote hurt. You know, you see George Hill set out a lot. You see, um, you saw Horford set out a lot. So I, I think it's good just in terms of keeping our draft position, uh, trying to keep it close to the top 10 as possible if we can. You know how the lottery work. And I also think it's fair just because, I mean, Al Horford, he, he played his role. He did what the organization asked him to do. So I just think it's fair to try and give him the best shot to ch- uh, go to a championship contender or go to a situation that's right for him. Because he's a stand-up dude and then, we got a lot of young bigs that I think can learn a lot from them. Um, we got one that we just signed from a two-way contract to a you know a four-year, one-year guaranteed. Uh, I think his name like Moses Brown or Malcolm Brown. I think it's Moses Brown. I like him a lot. I think he can learn a lot from Horford. You know, we got Baisley. He's a power forward, swing forward. I think he can learn a lot from Horford. I mean, he's a dude with a lot of experience that can impart a lot of knowledge to those young forwards on that team, man. We got a lot of kids that can learn from him. So um, the money, I mean, we're not going to be spending it on no high-profile free agents anytime soon, so that money's not really a big thing to me. Um, and, I mean, we got damn near 19, 27 first and second round draft pick combined in the next seven drafts. So, I mean, we can probably move him with some of those picks for a nice valuable piece, not a, not like a superstar, but like probably like a nice little role player. That I keep, you know, mess well with the young players that we draft and that we develop. What do you think about it? 
Been here the whole time, bro. Oh, it went away for some reason. I don't know. The audio started tripping for a second. My bad. Anyways, uh, first of all, shout out to Brown. We got him paid. He got paid off his twenty twenty game against the Celtics. <laughs> but but I, I tell you, I was hot. Well, I, 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 I was so frustrated. Twitter. I was I was tweeting like crazy that night. I was really wilding because I was upset because there, there's no reason. That should have went down like that. There's no reason at all. But he what he had, he had like 17 boards in the first half. Mm-hmm. Luckily, in the second half, he only had like four. I don't know. Uh, like he kind of slowed down a bit. But that first half, whew, Jesus Christ, he was washing us. And I was like, we couldn't even do nothing. We ain't got no big body. I was like, dang. I'm kind of regretting trading Tice. But, you know, I'm never, I'm never going to hate on him, man. I'm glad he got paid. I'm glad... Everything went down with him the way it is. And I always respect Al Horford. And I agree with you that he can learn from Al Horford. He can pick some things up and just go from there. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on the signing. I like I do agree with y'all that y'all like trying to commit to the rebuild. Honestly, I don't be knowing I don't know what y'all are doing, honestly, because sometimes it looks like y'all are going all in on a rebuild. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like y'all y'all can rebuild, but you can make moves while you're rebuilding. You know what I mean? So I y'all got like I think go ahead. I think what we thought what happened was we had a nucleus of young talent, and by nucleus I mean uh Dort, SGA, and Baisley. Uh I, I thought we had that nice nucleus of young talent that we didn't think were quite ready to keep us relevant, mm-hmm. you know, with the addition of veteran pieces like Hill and Horford. But then what happened, and you know, and the coach that we, you know, elevated from an assistant coach to a head coach. So we thought with that combination, we would actually be too bad to have to worry about, you know, being too good, if that's even a thing. Because, you know, we get in a bad habit of, you know, sticking around the bottom of the bottom of the playoff race. We might be in ninth seed or the eighth seed, and then we play ourselves out of good draft position, but we get bounced in the first round. So we we thought we would be worse. But, you know, SGA improved a lot more than we thought he would. Dort definitely had a hot start to the season. I mean, we saw him in versus the Rockets. He was airballing threes left and right. He was real, he was a real streaky shooter, solid defender. But he started the season off on fire from the three by his standards. So it's just just a lot of those moving pieces and those veterans playing like veterans and playing well and keeping us in games. It just got way too risky, man. I think I, – I thought we went into went an attempt to tank and then – the lineups that we had weren't taken for us because you can't make players not play, you know? Yeah, you can't. And you can't make a coach not coach because if you don't perform, then he's cut, you know, he gets, he loses. Yeah, he, he going to get fired. He going to be out of there. Right. So it's, it's but, I mean, it's Presti's, I don't know. Because I mean, even fault, with man. the SGA stuff, though, remember they, were, they even said that for the right price, they'd even move him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you gotta. What does that price look like, though? Because they don't. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Nobody knew the price. Cause that, I just don't like hearing that because it's like, okay, so when I heard that, I was like, so where, what direction are you really going then? If even he can be moved, what direction are you going? I think, and that's the thing. So I, I like SGA a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's the franchise. He's not the franchise player a small market team like OKC needs. He's a good he's a good one B. He's really more of like a, a secondary player. I would like mm-hmm. to see them um, you know, package picks or if the ball bounces right in the lottery to, you know, draft someone that's really dominant. Um that's that's just a little bit more athletically dominant, man. It's hard to succeed in this league without athletic ability. And I mean he's he's tall and he understands the game very well. He understands pace very well. He's a gifted scorer. I mean, he's averaging like 23 a game. He he can put the ball in the bucket, but he can't, you know, he's he's still kind of young to carry this team the way that the Westbrooks and the KDs did. And you you saw how they were blessed. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for the right price, I mean, he's not irreplaceable, if that makes sense. I mean, he, he's the best player on our team, but is that enough? You know, with him being the best, I, mean, I don't think so. I guess not. I mean, I I don't know. That's a that's a tricky situation for me because, like I, I still want I want 
I want to see. I, I I like SGA a lot too, yeah. and I would like to see him have a consistent home and be like, okay, this is who we're building around. This is how we're doing it. X, Y, and Z, and then like try to make some moves. I'm like with thirty something draft picks. How come y'all didn't make any moves at the deadline? Because if anybody can make the moves, y'all have the most assets of anybody. And coming from a Celtics fan that knows the, you know, mm-hmm. having a lot of assets and knowing how you can fall into the trap of keeping all your assets and hoping and holding on to them to the last moment, mm-hmm. I don't want to see y'all fall into that same trap. So, because if you look at us right now, that's the trap we're in. We're like, we had all these assets. And then we we were like, oh, we're gonna trade for them. We we were the king. Danny Angel was the king of almost trading for somebody, mm-hmm. almost doing this, almost doing that, almost doing that. Mm-hmm. And then next year, no, we haven't like last draft. We had three draft picks in the first round, and we only traded one of them away. We traded the very last one, which was like the thirtieth pick or the 29th pick, one of the picks away. But we drafted the we used the other two, and it's like okay, so, if you if we're we were supposed to be contending, so I don't think we really need those picks. But go ahead. So I mean, what? There's two things. What what really messed the Celtics up was you guys were kind of hoarding assets, excuse me, in preparation for, you know, that Anthony Davis sweet stakes, if you remember. And what kind of messed you guys up and it's going to sound bad is like the player empowerment movement where players, even even in the midst of a trade, would be like, okay, if you trade me there, I'm not going to play. You know what I'm saying? Or, or if I do play, I'm not going to resign because, you know, when you have that one-year deal, you can just walk in free agency and they just gave up. X amount of picks for no reason for for a rental essentially, so that yeah. so you were kind of held hostage by Anthony Davis's decision, and I think at one point you guys were, you know, a top two, top three leader for the sweepstakes, but it just didn't roll your way. And then, you know, when you put all your eggs in one basket, I think you guys adjusted pretty well. I don't think you guys are in a horrible position. Mm-hmm. I think you have enough talent to compete in the East, especially an East that's missing LeBron. And I mean, argue the best player in y'all. The, in your conferences, who would you, would you say, Giannis? And, uh, KD. KD, oh, yeah. He's, he's going to be hurt. He's, he's hurt right now. Is, is, yeah, he hurt right now, but, but if I had to say who, who I thought the yeah. best was, I, I would say KD. I, I would say KD, too, but I'm a KD fan, unfortunately. So, I mean, and then even if it's not KD, it's Harden. And I, you you have a couple of dominant teams at the top, but that the East is always like a, a weird playoff race, you know? So yeah, I, I yeah, think you I guys. You, you saw how Miami came out last year. Yeah, you, you guys have the talent to compete, and you have to coach, you know, to you know scheme around some things. So I I think you guys are in a good position. Um, I forgot what my second point was, but I, if, I can go on and on about this, this, you know, draft position and rebuilding our teams and stuff. Because that's just that's just my swag, man. Let's get into this trade deadline, man, before we get yeah, talked too yeah. late into the mic. Like, instead of talking about what team should trade and what teams. Should... <laughs> Could have did in X, Y, and Z. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the teams that actually did trade. Um, there weren't like like we like we were rapping about beforehand. There wasn't any like crazy moves mm-hmm. or like really like big names. I mean, you saw people thought Kyle Lowry was gonna move. He didn't move. Mm-hmm. The biggest moves were like Oladipo to what's called Miami, Rondo to LA, mm-hmm. and then Vucevic to. I mean, the Magic getting rid of Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. So, so, let me ask you, what's your least favorite trade of this deadline? What's my least favorite trade? Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I'll have to say the Celtics move. Because when I saw the Celtics move, I was confused. Because I know that Danny Ainge wanted to make a big move. Because they said, he said already, he's like, this team isn't, like equipped to win. They not they don't they're not playing to win. They don't look like they can win right mm-hmm. now. So they're trying to, you know, they're trying to figure things out. I'm like, okay, cool and everything. But then whenever I saw what I was like, okay, they're gonna look for Aaron Gordon. They were looking for Harrison Barnes. They were that we were in talks with a lot of like forwards who could do multiple things. Okay. And could be possibly that third option. And we need a third option because Kimba so far hasn't been a consistent third option. Mm-hmm. However, I will say this: when Kimba when Kimba eats and Kimba has a good game, the rest of the team does usually play well. They yeah. usually follow suit. Yeah. However, you know it's not consistent with Kimba right now. He's still struggling with injuries. He doesn't look like he has it anymore. Even when he like that first step and when he tries to go for a layup, he looks like he don't got it anymore. So I know Boston was pursuing a third score. 
But we didn't come. That's what Evan Fournier was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think that was the one I want. That's not the one I wanted between him and Aaron Gordon because Evan Fournier is a restricted free agent after Mm -hmm. this season. He can leave. So I was like, I don't know why we gave up to try to get a third score and he can leave. If we're going to trade for a third score, let's trade for a Harrison Barnes, who I believe has like two more years on his contract. Or the Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. like the Magic, um, like the, the Nuggets guy. And I, I like Aaron Gordon a lot. Mm-hmm. And if we were going to trade for a restricted free agent, there were talks about us chasing John Collins as well. And I was like, John Collins, I felt like was going to fit perfectly with us. He shoots almost 40% from the three. Mm-hmm. He's crazy athletic, can be a third scorer and everything. And I was like, and then with him being at the power four, we can move Jason Tatum back to the small four. You know, Jason Tatum usually plays power forward. Mm-hmm. Or we can run Jason John Collins as a small, like a small five, stuff like that. So that and Evan Fournier hasn't performed since he came to Boston. He had a zero point game, and then he struggled. Had like six shots. Had like four points or six points on six shots or something. He he like he he hasn't been that third scorer they were hoping he would be. I mean, how many games have that been so like? Has it, has it even been five games since he's been there? No, no. I mean, he's only he. There, it's, I think it's been like four games, and he's played in two of them. Yeah, you gotta you you gotta give my man some time to adjust and kind of find his rhythm on the team. You know what it's like. You know, just like playing pickup basketball, not just like obviously it's the NBA, but you playing pickup basketball and you sliding on to a new five because you know you just got bounced off the court. You know, you got to find a way. You, you may not be the main scorer, the second scorer, the third scorer on that team, and now your shots come at a different time. You're going to get the ball. It's, it's a lot that goes into that, man. You got to get him some slack. He'll he'll get it back. And you got to trust in your GM, too. Man. I, I, I agree. I agree. I'm not, I'm not against giving like giving him a chance. I'm not against anything like that. But we – because the it's, it's the – the thing of the move, like it's the point of the move. The point of the move was to get an instant third option. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fans, when they saw the move, everybody was like, Evan Fournier, we hope you're ready because Boston fans are hungry right now. We want a lot of people want Danny Ainge head, a lot of people want Brad Stevens head. They're like, hey, we need something. And they're like, Evan Fournier is gonna be they they say he's gonna be the one. So we're like, okay. So he better be the one. And then we yeah, so that's 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 more so the problem there. Mm-hmm. That it's like he spoke like what he, what they sold him as is not necessarily what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. But one move I do can we just talk about the move we hate the I hate the move. The one move I love the most mm-hmm. is the Miami Heat one. Even though one of my homies is a Miami Heat fan, mm-hmm. and he did not want to trade for Oladipo because he said Oladipo already said he wants to come here in free agency, and I said, but bro, you know how the game works. How many times have you seen a player be like, oh, yeah, I want to come here in free agency, and then X, Y, and Z happens, and they change their mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I- me personally, I want y'all to go ahead and trade for him. Y'all didn't give up too much for him. Right. Go get that man and go from there. And I was like, defensively, it's going to be beautiful. Because I don't know if you uh, – I know you said you haven't been, like, watching as heavy lately. Mm-hmm. But, man, that – that game where they had um before Oladipo got there, you saw the switching in the rotations mm-hmm. between uh, the Trevor Reza pickup, Bam, and uh what's it called Iguodala. They were all on the floor together. Yeah, bro, they were switching everything, and I was like, Miami looks scary. Miami, Miami looks scary if they consistently switch like this. Yeah, my, Miami is quietly gearing up to make another run in the playoffs this year. I like that Oladipo oh, trade too. Um, I think it'll pay a lot more dividends maybe next year as they get some time to gel. I mean, you got to think this this is a shortened season. You know, they mm-hmm. kind of picked up where they left off after the bubble. Um, I, I think I think he'll play well. I think he'll benefit from not having to be the primary scoring option. That'll probably be Jimmy. And shoot, he'll probably be third yeah. behind, depending on how they distribute the ball to Bam in the playoffs and stuff. Um, I, I think he'll catch his stride next year, but he'll definitely be a valuable asset in the playoffs this year and his ability to defend as well, as well as a ball handler or whatever he needs to be for the team. He's a kind of a Swiss Army knife for them right now. He can do a lot of different yeah. things as well. So I think that uh, you saw you saw Jimmy. You, we all saw the meme with Jimmy bent over the little the little table in the playoffs last year. So that shouldn't be him this year to get there. He shouldn't have to carry the team on his back like that. 
long story short. Yeah, especially when Jimmy went down in the what's it called when you saw they were struggling in the finals with injuries and everything, mm-hmm. and they had to have Tyler Hero handle the ball. And nothing against Tyler Hero, I, I like I, I respect Tyler Hero. I'm a fan of him, but you could tell he wasn't exactly comfortable. He's not ready yet. running the one. Yeah, yeah. not not, yeah, not, he's ready not ready. Yet. That's he not in his bag yet. Yeah, yeah, that's not in his bag. He can, not saying he can't develop it, but right now it's, he's not ready for that yet. Yeah, oh, so the, the old deeper trade is my favorite one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah, so I like I respect it there. I like the Clippers getting Rondo. I was like, that's cool because I know they were very, they were wanting a point guard very oh, bad. That's my they worst. They wanted one. him in free agency. They wanted everything like that. What'd you say? That's my least favorite one. Yeah, because like I was like, I didn't know why they because they traded him. My whole thing was y'all pursued him heavy in free agency. Mm-hmm. He went to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then y'all like y'all didn't give up on him. Y'all like, no, we're gonna have Rondo on our team, right? And cause y'all were dead, dead. Cause y'all, cause I understand why they were looking for a point guard because in the playoffs you could see Kawhi and Paul George being the primary ball handlers. Mm-hmm. They struggled doing that, and trying to play make for everybody else. And they're like, we need somebody to play make for. But giving up somebody like Lou Will, even though he has been struggling. You're giving up your third scorer, you know? Yeah. Like your your sixth man. We lost your sixth man last year. You look you're giving up your sixth man for a point guard, and then you're putting Patrick Beverly to the bench. Mm-hmm. Pat Bev's gonna be the one that's been essentially your sixth man now. So you lost scoring, but you gained playmaking. And I'm like, it's cool because playoff rondo's a thing and everything, but that's not a guarantee anymore. He is getting older, and we don't know how it's gonna yeah, I, we don't know exactly how that's going to play out. I think that was a Ty Lube. He kind of felt things falling apart a little bit in L.A. with a lot of injuries. And, uh, I mean, Paul George, I don't want to use the word inconsistent because he can he can string together a lot of games, good games. But I think it's – it's I hate using the phrase there's something wrong up top with Paul George when it comes to, like, crunch time playoffs. But it just mm-hmm. – I just feel like Ty Lube kind of saw the writing on the wall – he didn't like where the direction of this team was heading, and he just reached out to a familiar face and a, a source that he can kind of rely on to bring stability and and like a coach on the floor, which is Rondo. But what I don't like about the trade is, like you said, they gave up a lot of scoring, a lot of leadership in Lou Will. I think they really need that scoring if they're going to make a run, especially if they're going to compete with the Lakers, if they even match up with them. They didn't match up with them last year in the playoffs. Um, Rondo does not give you that same amount of scoring. And, I mean, he'll probably handle the ball the third most out of anybody on the team because Kawhi and Paul Jordan like to bring the ball to court. And when they get it, they don't like to pass it that much. So I don't understand. I don't like it. Uh, you, you have Now you got two point guards that aren't great shooters. Rondo's gotten better. Pat Bev is eh. It's, I, I don't love it. And, I mean, they're both not the tallest point guards either. So it's uh, – that that gives it my least favorite grade for me. Um my my favorite move, I said Oladipo, but my dark horse favorite move is actually JJ Reddick to the mass. I mean, my whole thing on that too was I don't I don't understand it because I know that they said the, the Mavs it, it makes sense ahead of time when the Mavs first moved them, you know? Because mm-hmm. the Mavs were like, Okay, we need to move Seth Curry because we're moving him because we need more defense to be with Luca. Mm-hmm. So they bring in Josh Richardson because they're like, he can play defense, he can spread the floor. Mm-hmm. But y'all traded away Seth Curry, who, don't get me wrong, Steph is who up there. But if you look at career three point percentage, Seth is top three. Mm-hmm. And it's like he is all time, like top three, all time. Like he, he's consistent. He's going to, that's one thing he's going to do is consistently shoot. 40 plus percent from the three point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you got rid of your best shooter and to bring into the defender. And then Josh Richardson wasn't really doing what you expected him to do. So now you're like, damn, now we need a shooter. We need a shooter, even though we already had a great shooter. And so they had the trade to bring in another shooter. So I was like, I don't I feel like y'all didn't need to trade for JJ Reddick because you already had. You know, you already had Seth. It's but, not. I mean, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to find a shooter of JJ Reddick's caliber. No matter what the percentage is, like what I, don't, I have no idea what JJ Reddick is shooting this year. But I know if I need someone to hit some shit off a curl or some shit like that, JJ Reddick's the one who's the ball I want in the hand. Oh, and, absolutely. And you know, Lucas' vision 
It's going to make it easier. He's going to draw a lot of double teams. We saw him got double teamed a lot in the playoffs last year. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it, shooters are going to be open. Um, I mean, and he's that veteran leader. He got that veteran leadership. Yeah, so he, I understand that. He part got too. playoff experience. I think it'll, I think it'll help a lot in a lot of ways that may not show up in the, you know, the box score. But mm-hmm. I think you'll, I think you'll see that that lane will open up a lot more when JJ's on the court. And Luca doesn't have the quickest first step, but he uses his body really well. And I think he'll benefit from some one-to-one matchups instead of people putting putting their foot in the lane. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, what do you think about the Magic's moves? Like the Vucevic to the Bulls, I'm like, that's cool, but I still don't see the Bulls as a contender, so I didn't really understand it. Like, I, I already told you how I feel about the Evan Fournier one. And then Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets, I feel, oh, my goodness. I feel like that's going to – that's a crew. That was, I've been watching who – he dropped like 18 the other night. And the Denver Nuggets are so deep. Mm-hmm. And everybody, these last couple games, they're undefeated since Aaron Gordon has been there. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those games, every single player has had 10-plus points. Every single one of their starters have had 10-plus points. Because Jokic has such great vision. Mm-hmm. And have adding another dynamic scorer with Aaron Gordon, because Aaron Gordon can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Gordon is a great cutter because he's crazy athletic. So you'll see Jokic posting up and where you will see, you know, usually you see Michael MPJ sitting on the, he's spotting up waiting. You see Aaron Gordon sneaking behind the defense going up for a lob, yeah. going for a cut. And, you know, Jokic going to see him, boom, easy two right there. They start paying attention to that. Then you he starts, instead of cutting, he face the cut, stays at the three. He hits the Aaron Gordon. They swing on that. We swing to somebody, to Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. swing it to Jamal Murray. They have so many weapons now. That they're gonna be, they're gonna be scary. That that that's that's my probably my second favorite move, the Aaron Gordon one. Mm-hmm. And then out of all the magic moves, that's the one I like. That's the one that makes the most sense to me. I, I love that trade because it's you finally get to see Aaron Gordon on a competitive team. I mean, the Magic, mm-hmm. they've been getting better. I mean, they were very very relevant a couple of years ago, and I think losing Marco Fultz the injury this year kind of set them back to where they thought they would be. Um, but I, I mean, you've seen Aaron Gordon's name be a trade candidate for I feel like the last couple seasons. So it's yeah. good to see him a competitive team, and not just a competitive team, a team that has championship potential. Um, I th- the Nuggets may put it all together this year. I mean, they were they were so close last year. Um, and I mean, they got a, the Nuggets have a lot of intriguing bigs. I mean, you you mentioned Jokic already. They got Porter, Porter Jr. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. Right? Is he a junior? Mm-hmm. He's a yeah. Um, they got Bo Bo. I mean, they they have and Aaron Gordon out, so they have four really intriguing bigs that can do a lot of special things with the ball. So I mean, you're talking about you know Jokic in the post, and you can go you can go one in the box and four out wide, and you can have people cut in this spot and up everywhere. It's just a lot of possibilities open for them right now. So I like that trade. Um, the the Bulls trade. I mean, sometimes people are just swinging for the fences, right? They're just hoping something clicks. The Bulls have some interesting talent on the team. I mean, you still have Levine there. Uh, you still have uh, you still have White there. I like Patrick Williams a lot. I just don't think they're – Billy Dom mm-hmm. is a good coach, so I think he's going to get them somewhere sooner than where they would have been. I just don't think they're there yet. But why not have a piece there already for when you do get there? You know what I mean? <laughs> So I, I don't I don't hate that trade, man. It's just it just doesn't seem point. It doesn't seem like it has a point right now because you know they're not going to do anything right now. But why not yeah, start jumping early? More like the prove to Zach Levine that like, hey, we're gonna we're trying, we're trying. Don't leave us. Have faith in us. We are willing to make moves for you. It's one of those trades. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Zach Levine needs to like, yeah. All right. So we went over what we like. Uh-huh. We went over what we don't like. What trade do you wish happened? Um, before we get into that, I want to talk one last trade. Okay. The Norman Powell trade. Mm-hmm. I, that's another one I didn't like. You didn't like that one? And I know, I, I know, I know I'm in the minority here, but Norman Powell is mm-hmm. a free agent next year. And yes, he brings a lot of scoring. He's like 27, 28, I think he's 27. He brings a lot of scoring, but he's a free agent next year. They gave the up. way Norman Powell's been balling, mm-hmm. you know he's going to want to get paid. Mm-hmm. Portland is going to have to either pay him or they're going to have to watch him walk. Unless Portland wins it all this year, then I don't see the move making sense. I don't see them winning it all. 
Kind they of had Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, how long do they have locked up for? Solid defender. Huh? How long do they have Gary Trent Jr. locked up for though? How long did I think? I think he had like two more, a couple more years left on his contract. I can check right now, actually. So, um, but I had I, I was like I like him. He's younger. He he's younger and. He's a solid defender and a solid scorer. He's like 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's 22. He's 22. Mm-hmm. He's to Norman Powell's 27. So, and he has, what's it called? It's 2021. So, he's, they have him for one more year. They have him for next year. And then the year after, he's a restricted free agent. Yeah. I'm, so. He was going to play himself into some money, too. Yeah, he was going to play himself into money. But my whole thing is, I. I like keeping people with the long – if they're similar players and what I feel they're going to bring similar value, I would rather have the person that's going to stay another year. That was a and surprise. Gonna, I feel like you're going to pay Gary Trent Jr. less than you're going to pay Norman Powell. It was a surprising Unless they're the number one or number two option. What would you say? It was a surprising trade. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really see that coming at all. Yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. I was like, okay. When I was thinking of people going from Norman Powell, I'm like, oh, people that's going to need a second score, third score, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, the Trailblazers could use that third score, especially with CJ being out so much. However, I'm, I just can't, I can't, I just can't see it. I can't see so, it making sense. So just if, remember, if he walks. Just consider that not all decisions that we make on, you know, in basketball as far as personnel moves. It's about the on-court product. Some things might not have been going right in the locker room. You know, some of these kids may not deal right. with other people. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of dominant personalities on that team. Um, and this is just speculation. I don't know shit. You know, I'm just a fan. Mm. Um, it, that could be a reason. I mean, when nothing else makes sense, you know, start looking outside the box. So maybe that's it. And maybe Norman Powell has a relationship with somebody in that personnel group, and you know, it was just it just made sense to make that move now. And now that you know. Trance from the Raptors. He has a different role, more of a chance to flourish and develop it. It might be a win-win for everybody. And if Powell happens to walk, mm-hmm. fuck it. I mean, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But you, don't, I mean, you still don't like it. I don't. I don't. I, I can't. I can't in my heart of hearts say I do like it because I, do, I don't. I don't. I don't like the trade. But mm. yeah, let's go ahead. Actually, before we jump into, actually, no, let's, let's do that. Excuse me, let's go ahead and jump into who we want to get traded. And after we do that, we'll take a short break. So, who I wanted to get traded. Well, um, I wanted I wanted the Celtics to make a bigger move. Mm-hmm. And I wanted either Marcus Smart or Kimball Walker gone. You wanted because Marcus those Smart were the two going? biggest ones. The only reason, I'm going to say this, the only reason I wanted Marcus Smart gone is if we got another good name out mm-hmm. of Because from the reports, they said Marcus Smart, because this was this was these were the reports for the trades. Uh, somehow I got worked around the Celtics didn't want to give up Marcus Smart and everything. Mm-hmm. It was like a Marcus Smart, Tristan Thompson, and those those draft picks, those two seconds, or Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. That's how it was supposed to be. But they didn't want to give up Marcus Smart. I'm like, if we could give up something like that, get Aaron Gordon in, like in return, along with Evan Fournier, then I'm willing to move Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart is good. He's our best defender. He's elite there at the shooting guard position, starting at the shooting guard, playing defense. However, that is not absolutely mandatory because Jalen Brown is starting to come into his own defensively and become mm-hmm. a defensive. Really good defensive player. As he so, should. Yes, as he should. So Jalen Brown can move over to that two position. And then you have Jason Taylor three. And then we still switchable. Or I was willing to move Kimba and have Marcus Smart move over to the starting point guard. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of teams, Danny Ainge was trying to shop Kimba early in the year. But a lot of people didn't want Kimba because they felt he – that the Celtics weren't telling them everything about his injuries and everything. And it's fair to assume that because as you saw how Danny Ainge did the Cavaliers dirty with moving IT and they didn't tell them all the injury stuff. And then his hip injury was worse than it was. So the Cavs yeah. got done dirty. And I'm like, so I under, so it was reported that a lot of GMs and stuff don't trust Danny Ainge in that regard. They just don't because 
he's he's known to do shady stuff like that. And I'm like, well, he, of course, he's going to look out for the best interest. But at the same time, you can't destroy relationships trying to get that best. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a relationship so, game, man. He's kind of a shyster. Yeah, so you can't you can't you can't be like, oh, I want to get this and I'm gonna do them dirty because then like in the future they're gonna be like, oh, we don't want to trade for you. Right, right, right. Like we 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 we're not, we're not gonna trade with you because we we see how you do before. We know how you operate, and we just rather not trade with you. But that that's me. How about you? Oh, um, I really want to see Larry go to the Sixers, man. Uh, Larry, I did. I wanted to see Larry get moved too, and I'm surprised he didn't move. I I just think it would have. It may not have even put them over the edge. It's just once again, just seeing seeing true competitors have a chance to compete at a higher level. I, I really wanted to see Harden go to the Sixers earlier, just because I thought that would have put them at a, a competitive edge and it would have balanced out the East a little bit more. Like that. You wasn't going to like that. I, no, I was going to like. Oh, you was going to like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was going to like that. I think. Uh, I just think you know that relationship with Houston and Daryl Morey was just a little. It, it was what it was. So, um. That, yeah, that Lowry, the, the 76ers would have been nice. I think would have got the ball to Ben's hands a lot more. Gave him a steady but gave, gave him a steady hand, a point guard, and let Ben, you know, post up or even, you well, know. They, the only thing with that was they were saying that he was either going to have to be either in B move or Ben Simmons move, and they didn't really want Ben Simmons in return. The Rockets didn't. Oh, you're talking about for the Harden trade? So they yeah, so they would have had the move. And be they would have, but but no. you're talking about the Larry thing. I was talking about just with the Harden one, but yeah, so, with the Larry so, thing, I agree that could have took the ball. No, but back to the Harden thing. I mean, let's let's be real. So, who would you rather move? If I would have moved Ben, and I'm and I understand they didn't want him, but that's kind of what kind of fucked them because you can't have honestly, yeah. And B and B is the more because he's the more complete player and everything. Not even that. It just Harden has the ball in his hands so much, and he's not selfish. But yeah, Ben's so, not. So yeah, you saying like the Ben Simmons is not gonna be used properly. He's gonna be like a pick and roller. He they gonna turn him into Clint Capella, but with a better IQ, so that whenever he they do the pick and roll, yeah. or stuff like that, he's gonna be passing out of it. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff he, like that. Ben can be used properly. I don't feel, and I may be in a minority here, that Ben is a. Let me. Uh, I wasn't trying to start my first podcast triggering people. <laughs> I don't think that mm. Ben is that point guard that people want him to be and that's not to say that he doesn't make good decisions with the ball he's not gifted he's not gifted as a passer or anything like that I just don't think that this is just me nitpicking I just don't think that his impact is best felt as the primary ball handler I think if they get another primary ball handler in there that can coexist with Ben then I think you'll see a much different 76ers team. And that's all I really want to say on that. I mean, it's, I have nothing to back it up. This is just a gut feeling. This is just, you know, this is just old me thinking if I was coaching the team, what would I be looking for? Because, I mean, they've been doing it for this long and it hasn't worked. You know what I mean? I, 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 think, I think if you put Ben Simmons on a team like well, how, how the Rockets work and struggle, I think he would have thrived. You put Ben Simmons in a situation like Giannis, I think Ben Simmons honestly would thrive better than Giannis in that offense because Ben Simmons is a much better playmaker. And that's the biggest thing with Giannis, that when people double, triple, whatever, you know what I mean? He can't pass out of the post. He can't pass out of that. He's not a skill. Like he, he doesn't, he hasn't figured that out how to like, you know, figure that passing part out. Right. So because of that, I feel that if you put Ben Simmons in that situation and surrounding him by nothing with shooters, mm-hmm. but where they can't double off of him. Yeah. I mean, and I think he, I think he thrive like honest, honestly and truly. Cause if you watch those 76 games, it's hard because a lot of people be in the paint. Mm-hmm. And so when Ben Simmons, when he's going coast to coast or he's going down court or like, like, he he's so wonderful with it. and people sag off of him and even when they sag off he uses that first that quick first step to throw the defense he attacks their high foot or whatever and throws them off balance and he can finish well around the rim and he's such a gifted passer that he can make that extra pass so i, so I feel like if you had it like that mm-hmm. he would be able to do things like that yeah, and That's i don't have a problem with him being used like that it's just when things slow down into a half court set I mean, he can still yeah, make things. Yeah, what's going to happen? Because, I mean, we all know he shot it more this year. I'm not – I don't really care if he shoots or not. It's just 
how the defense plays them, and it's it's a whole other thing. I mean, fuck it, I'm not a 76ers fan. They can do what they want. I would just, if yeah. I was to make a trade, I would like to see Lowry there. That gives you another ball handler. You can have him and Ben on the floor at the same time if you want, and then you know opportunities arise from that because now all the pressure is not just on one. Because Ben is really the only true guard that the 76ers have outside of now oh, Grant, Grant, Grant Hill is there now. Not Grant Hill. George Hill is there now. Cool, yeah. yeah. They both light-skinned motherfuckers. But, yeah, so George Hill is there <laughs> now. And, I mean, you got you got young guards. But, I mean, what do you none – of, none of those younger guards are real true points. So, I mean, you, you have one true point guard on the team, actually, and that's George Hill. I mean, you have a, a point forward in Ben Simmons. But that that's once again that's just nitpicky, but that's that's a trade I would like to see Lowry to the seventy sixers. Didn't happen. Oh well. Mm-hmm. It basically is oh well, but like I was hoping he got moved too. They basically was talking like it was a guarantee that he was gonna get moved, but Yeah, I mean the, we all saw the tweets like that the deal was imminent and then you know the Thunder. That was when we was talking about the Thunder earlier and he was like, Why didn't they make any moves at the deadline? That was gonna be my second point. We did. We traded Grant Hill for more second round picks. George Hill. He called him Grant. Damn. My bad, George. So, but yeah, but um sure. let's take a short break and then we'll be right back. Back, we that we talked about the trade deadline and everything in the beginning. We didn't even get into the buyouts, honestly. But we we going we mm. we, we wrap. We'll, we'll get into that next episode. We'll, we'll get into that another time. Uh, we might do like a short segment next episode and get into that. Mm-hmm. But what we wanted to wrap about this episode was me and him. We we had we had a we we, we were disagreeing. We had a disagreement because there was this there was this photo that says cut two players. And there's a bunch of young stars, you know, up-and-coming stars in the league. So they had Zion Williams. They had Jason Tatum. They had Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, and Shea Gilders Alexander. Mm -hmm. The the one part we actually agreed upon was we both were like, we cut Zach Levine. We we, Mm -hmm. we both cut Zach Levine. Yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was about to say, yeah, that, that's it, that's it. I mean, it's no disrespect to Zach Levine. He a hooper and everything. I, I like what he do, but just going based off of right now and everything, and where where all the other players are compared to him, mm-hmm. personally, that's just where I, that's just where I will put him. Yeah, why why is Zion even on this list? What you mean? Like what? And we we talked about this off mic about the factoring age into the conversation and stuff, but this this is Zion's second season. I, I don't think that applies for any other player on this list. Like and he he's dominant still, you know? Like I, I don't even think he should mm-hmm. be on this. He shouldn't be and all these players are dominant in their own right. But I mean Zach Levine's been in it feels like around five years. Am I off? I mean Zach Levine he came in in the same draft as Andrew Wiggins in them. Yeah, he been for a hot man. I just feel like the the ratio for Zach for for Zip for Zion to even be in this this graphic right here, this kind of speaks to you know the caliber of player he is, which in turn kind of removes him from the get cut conversation because that just means his ceiling is so high. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, for me, yeah, I, I pick Levine, and then um, I mean, to me, honestly, the least. I don't want to say the least talented because Jalen Brown is really talented. I just think he's also like he, he kind of disappoints me as well. And that 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 sounds harsh. And, and he's he's still good. He's still a good player. All these players on this graphic are good players. But with the tools that he has and the athleticism that he has, I just think he could I think he could put it together differently and be more effective, more efficient. He's been efficient this year. Um, but just in terms of the the people he's in the competition with in this graphic, I just, I just like him the least, man. But here's, here's my debate with that right there. Here, okay. here, here's where I'm debating there. Surprise because... the Celtics fan debating this, right? Nah, hey, you're OKC fan. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? My whole thing is this: 
Jalen Brown is the third option, second, sometimes third option on the court. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shea is the number one option on the court, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm, I'm ignoring like I, said, I don't want to talk about age because the whole graphic didn't say about potential anything like that. They were talking about like right now, mm-hmm. and maybe in like two three years, I can understand having Shea. But mm-hmm. as of right now, Jalen Brown is a legit All Star in the NBA. He there was conversation of him being one even last year because he was a 20 point per game scorer last year. He was our mm-hmm. third leading scorer. And he was a and so like I said, as a third option last year, mm-hmm. the second, third option this year. You saw at the beginning of this year, homie was balling out. Right. He's literally he was cooking. He was on absurd efficiency because both Kimbo was out and Jason Tatum was out. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had a, another time since the beginning where both of them are out. It's mm-hmm. always been one of them there. And as a Celtics fan, it is very frustrating to see, and you see a lot of Celtics fans complain about it, that Jalen Brown will literally be throughout, like in the second half, sometimes in the randomly in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter, you'll just see Jalen Brown literally just sitting in the corner, mm-hmm. not, not engaged in the offense, but that's because – Brad Stevens is trying to get Kimball Walker. Like I said earlier, when Kimball Walker plays well, we usually as a team play well. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they try to force that too much to where they have – it's like my turn, your turn thing between Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum. Kimball Walker comes up, pick and roll, ISO. Then Jason Tatum comes down, next court, pick and roll, ISO. He might kick it to – um, what's it called? He might kick it to somebody else to let them ISO for a little bit too. But for the most part, it's pick and roll ISO, pick and roll ISO. And it's just them two and everybody else watching them. So what you're telling me is watching, what you're telling me is Jalen Brown's not an alpha. No, it's not that. It's not that he's not an alpha because you saw whenever they were out him cook. But it's the scheme, the scheme Brad Stevens runs. And that's why a lot of people are giving Brad Stevens like a lot of like I mean I mean there are uh, a lot of heat because if you watch the beginning of the games Jalen Brown will cook he'll have like 14 points in the first half you like okay he eating second half he doesn't get the ball Brad Stevens has him in the corner he's watching Kimball Walker pick and roll and watch Kimball Walker work and everybody's mm-hmm. like hold up hold up hold up we ain't seeing Jalen Brown do nothing now why are we making Jalen Brown a spot-up shooter Jalen <laughs> Brown's not a spot-up shooter this is what we need and so I would like to that's why I was like if Jalen Brown is in Shea's situation, I feel like he would eat more because he wouldn't have to worry about sharing the ball. When Kimba first came back, the main thing Jalen Jalen admitted himself because that's what he's used to. He said he kept trying to give Kimba the ball and watch how Kimba did things to uh-huh. try to ease Kimba back into the game mm-hmm. because that's just how it. That's how the normal game is. And even though Jalen Brown was cooking and on a tear, he kind of stepped back, let them go back like that because that's. That's how the game plan is, and I can see what you mean about the alpha thing, but I don't. I don't feel like it uh, has a problem with that. I just feel like he he's a team first guy, and he's like, if the coach says this is how we're gonna go, then this is how we're gonna go. Is basically how he looks at it. Uh huh. So, so that's my, just that's just how I look at it. So. so the way the way I'm seeing it, and I mean, this is pretty much a SGA and Jalen Brown comparison at this point because these are the only people that we willing to cut. Um. The, the thing about putting Jalen Brown, say putting him on OKC and just letting him, you know, cook, it won't work the same. I mean, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown's eating on the Celtics not because he's surrounded by, you know, two other all-star caliber scorers in Kimba and Tatum, but it definitely doesn't hurt. SGA doesn't have that same luxury. And SGA also isn't a very, you know, a very active off-the-dribble shooter meaning like he's not just going to put up and shoot it in your face from three-point line. So, you know, he also has to get to the lane to get his shot. He's a very active mid-range floater shooter, and that lane is clogged a lot because not, he's not surrounded by shooters. You know, when Jalen Brown has to go to the rack if he decides to, you know, he has Tatum in the corner. He has Kemba spotted up. You know, you guys have more capable shooters on your team. And not to mention you have, you know, a scheme that lends itself to his players' strengths when it's when it's convenient for them. So I just think that SGA being on a less talented team and putting the like comparable numbers and averaging pretty well in points and assists and doing pretty decent on the boards for a point guard, I just think that is kind of 
combined with his age puts him on the higher pedigree of player. I don't even say higher pedigree of player. I'm more willing to keep him because of his youth. So even though Jalen Brown may, may produce at a at a better clip point-wise or whatever stats you want to pick, even though I believe their stats are kind of similar, and right now SJ is a little bit more efficient, but he sat out a lot of games this year too. So those help your numbers sometimes. Um, I feel yeah, like I mean, I, I feel like SGA's. I feel like his his youth kind of lends himself. It gives him it gives him some grace in my eyes. I'm also biased. I'm a Thunder fan, but I mean, I, I really like the kid. I like the poise he plays with. I like I like the basketball IQ. I like that he sat under you know Doc Rivers and Chris Paul in consecutive seasons. I think that does a lot yeah, for a player. Yeah. I think I think next year you'll see an even bigger jump. I think you even even if we do add a, a Jalen Suggs in the draft, a, a Kay Cunningham, you know, those are pipe dreams because we've won too many games at this point. I think you'll still see him produce because now yeah, I think you'll see him produce more because now he has somebody to share responsibility with. Because he was eating when Chris Paul and Schroeder were here. His points were down, but I mean efficiency wise, I mean he was just as effective. And he had three. Well, really yeah, <laughs> you said the help. But mm-hmm. Jalen Brown was still eating while they were there, like while they weren't there. Like when they weren't there, Jalen Brown was eating. Like he, he was cooking in his own right, mm-hmm. doing his own thing without mm-hmm. them being there. But that's, that, my, that's my whole thing. But that it does. Is he going through a season without capable players? Like you, you talking about isolated incidents? Okay, Kimba's hurt because we've never seen it. I, I just say I just I, that's all we can go based off of. We don't have any other thing that says, oh, well, he could do this if he had this. He could do this if he had this. We don't know because we ain't seen nothing else. So I'm like, so I'm just going based off of what I'm seeing. And from mm-hmm. what I'm seeing, that's that's what I believe. I believe he could do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Let's just agree to disagree at this point because we could probably go back and forth for another 30 minutes on this. Um, both these players got a great feature in the NBA, and I really look forward to seeing what they do. Well, Jalen does in the postseason. SGA going to be on the couch when the postseason comes around, hopefully. <laughs> um, you know, got to play the lottery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, making 800. Well, we'll trade you, you know, Kimball Walker for SGA, and we'll give you some picks since that's all y'all trying to get anyway is picks. Yeah, you go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> hey, I'm just, hey I, just, I just wanted to throw it out there just in case. But, yeah, um, yeah this been, uh, you know, I don't know. So it could it could work. Out, outside of those two. So we already we both agree on getting Levine. We don't agree on getting rid of either SGA or Brown. So who else in that graphic would you drop? If the next person I would drop on that list, mm-hmm. um whew, that's tough. That's a biggest book. Either I, I'm kind of biased. Mm-hmm. But it's either it had to either be it probably be Devin Booker. Devin Booker, Ooh, that's not where I thought she was going with that one. I I, I mean I I'm a big fan of Ben Simmons. A lot of people I know will probably drop Ben Simmons because he can't shoot. Oh, uh, you know ben what? Now nah, it make it's coming together now. Coming together now because you can't shoot. It's so like you and Ben. Yeah, anyways, uh, anyways, right. <laughs> he hating, but you know we'll, 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 we'll get into we'll get into that another time because we, mm-hmm. we, we can talk that we can talk that. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I respect he defense. You don't respect that he's a defensive player of the year candidate this year. He's leading the race, man. That man can d up. He can not tell him like I feel like he could be just like in that. If he was in the honest situation, I feel like he'd be good. Donovan you know the, Mitchell, I see a lot of people hate on. What'd you say? I feel like the Suns are the second seed in the West right now. They are. They are. But here's my here's my retort to that. Before Chris Paul got there, what what were where were they? Had a play-in team. Okay, then that's what I'm saying. I'm like, my whole thing is Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, a lot of people throw Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, ever since he came in, mm-hmm. has made the basically made the playoffs like they've made the playoffs and we've seen donovan mitchell truly hoop like you saw him his rookie year and you saw what he did to y'all hey so i'm gonna get that that series of joe angles um (laughs) 
Joe Ingles was hooping, but you got to remember, Donovan Mitchell was their leading scorer, and he was leading. Everybody was giving the credit for the most part to Donovan Mitchell leading them to the playoffs as a rookie. It is okay, cool. He had a good. Then second year, hooped out. Last year, you saw him hoop. He was dropping. He dropped back to back. He dropped two fifty point games in that series. Like he was legit hooping. And I know a lot of people nowadays try to give Rudy Gobert all the credit, saying Rudy Gobert is the best player on that team. He's the actual one that should be no. getting credit. And I was like, yeah, no. that's what I'm saying. I said no. One Rudy Gobert is to me he's overrated. Man can't guard on the perimeter. A big that can't guard in the perimeter. Is 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 awful because it's like yeah he he can as a shot blocker as a he can jump taker, high he can jump high yeah he can he's tall yeah he's seven one he can block a lot of shots he can affect a lot of shots that's cool yeah however and you put him in the pick and roll that man is food it's they every time a team puts him in the pick and roll Rudy gets yeah. killed. But for help defense and all the other stuff, Rudy Gobert is amazing. He's legit with his defense play of the years in regards to that. But a big that can't switch O on to a smaller guard to me, it's just I can't I can't I can't respect it. Yeah. But so I get I give because Donovan Mitchell does it on both ends. When Donovan Mitchell, he can he can play good solid defense and he can score. When Donovan Mitchell was cooking and gas in that Nugget series, dropped him two fifty point games Whew. going to battle with um Jamal Murray and then pulling up on him at the pole oh oh my god imagine imagine dropping 30 on a nigga head and then you just pull up on him at the pole like you saw that shit I did to you earlier how disrespectful (laughs) oh my god how can you how can you hate a man that hoops like that and and that's just what he does and what he's been doing I don't I don't understand why he gets the hate he does and I'm just glad to see it's not like a one-hit wonder he keeps producing year in and year out yeah, and I don't get why he, I still don't understand all the hate he gets. Everybody says he's overrated. The Jazz aren't that good. X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I think homie is a hooper, certified bucket, certified everything. I don't get why people are cutting him. And my Small only thing, like, I, I, I like Devin Booker, but I kind of put him in that same thing with Zach Levine. Really great, a really, really good scorer, no, elite no, no, two no, no, guard we're not, that couldn't get over we're not the gonna do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Ooh, we're not going to do that. It, so it's, it's odd because they're kind of players in the same situation in the sense that the organization wasn't really doing enough to surround them with, like, a lot of talent, if that makes sense. Like, they, they, were, they were in position because they were bad teams, so they were drafting high. But every time they drafted, they were neglecting a position that would like directly complement them, if that makes sense. So for the longest, for the past three seasons, Devin Booker needed a point guard. So last year they were like, all right, cool. We'll give you Ricky Rubio. I'm pretty sure it was his point guard. And yeah. there, there was some improvement from the year before. And But Ricky Rubio's not the modern point guard, as in a point guard that's really a combo guard that can shoot. So then this year they're like, I'll give you Chris Paul. And then you just saw something click. And now these motherfuckers second in the East West. Well, that's, that's also because the ball was out of his hand. Yeah, I mean. When it, Rubio it was there, when Rubio was. Yeah, it, I agree. Because remember, for the longest time, they tried to make Devin Booker. They tried to transition him to into a point guard. Yeah, run, and that's, yeah, they run the offense and it didn't work. Because he's not that type of superstar. I, I really feel like Devin Booker is a star. That's not That's not a conversation. He's a star. But he he's still very very young. I mean, he was young for he was young for this league when he came in. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's he has a lot of room to grow. Maybe in two seasons he becomes that primary ball handler. But for right now, the best thing you can do for him because he's a he's an offensive weapon is put him in the best position to get to get buckets. Don't make him worry about how to set his teammates up. Don't make him worry about having to to worry about this assignment. That just let him go play basketball. Let him hoop. And that's what Chris Paul allows him to do. Because Chris Paul is going to tell you where to be on defense. He's going to tell you the mismatch on offense. He's going to put you in position. Him and LeBron and Rondo have those type of basketball IQ minds where they can control the game simply with pace and their brain. You know what I mean? And that that for a player like Devin Booker is invaluable. And, I mean, poof. I'm a CP3 fan, and I'm just glad that Booker has a player of that caliber. You know, even though he's on the twilight years of his career to play with, 
I think it's a little bit too little too late to really make a run. I mean, Chris Paul, uh, I don't know how effective he'll be by the time he gets to the playoffs. Um, yeah, that that that's the only thing that kind of scared me about that that tandem. But it it's just been great for Booker this year, and I'm just really happy to see it. I, who would have thought coming out of Kentucky, kind of playing the six man role, if I'm not mistaken, that he would be. Yeah, he was a six man. He was a six man. Yeah, just that he would be this type of player, man. Like. I th- I don't think he gets enough love for the shit he does, and I mean, it's because his team's been traditionally losing. So, yeah, yeah, and I agree the whole losing thing, but that's that's the only reason I give Mitchell the edge over him. Yeah, he does. Mitchell the- can get the edge, but it's just like you you put you put Booker in the same frame as Levine. Well, I'm not saying like they're exact players, but I'm saying I was trying to I was trying to separate it more from Mitchell to Levine. I'm oh, saying yeah. I can't put him in the the Mitchell part because he hasn't consistently won. Now after this season, after seeing after we see how this season goes, we can be like, okay, it's conversation, blah, 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 mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But that's just after this season. We haven't we have to see it consistently. We have to do everything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's I don't feel like it's fair to take away from Donovan Mitchell, who's been consistent, just because other players are starting to figure it out. Cause it's like He's 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 been having to do he's been thrown at that role from day one, averaging twenty points a game as a rookie leading this team and scoring doing X Y and Z. Yeah, so, he, like, I just feel he's benefiting from the Mike Conley connection this year too. Yeah, he is, but I'm saying that's not how he originally was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how that's how I was like. I want to get. I just want to get make sure he gets his props and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I know, like I said, I just like I said, I just don't understand the hate he gets. And then after that, it just be even tougher. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because uh, then it starts being like, do you? Because even if he, I, I just because Zion's such a dog, he just can't lead the list because he's just cooking. Because whether you want to go potential or right now, he's cooking in both. Yeah, man, Zion is is he? Zion has, is one of those players that can be as good as he want to be, and he might be one of those players like everybody wants him to add like, a consistent jump shot or. Handle more. I like how he plays to true to himself, you know? Mm-hmm. So these motherfuckers going to have to handle me in the post. They're either going to foul me or they're going to get dunked on. And I might get blocked yeah, by my heart. Crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy how good he is in the paint. Because he's historically one of the greatest finishers mm-hmm. at the rim right now. Like, that's how great he is. Mm-hmm. And he has that quick second bounce that if he mm-hmm. misses, he just bounces right back up. And it's the way he – he's a smart player. I don't think he – he gets enough credit for how smart of a player he is. He who, because bro. if you see a lot of the, I was watching, yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, there's a def, there's a difference. There's a like, like, there's a difference between a basketball player and a hooper. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, and I don't understand why they don't realize that. Yeah, there are difference. And then, um, I was watching. I was watching. What's that show called? I watched the first episode of Last Chance You. Mm-hmm. Whatever the basketball edition, and one of the cats said that, and I was like, I was like, yes. And my wife was like, what are you problem? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, finally, somebody else said it. There is a difference between. Well, did you say? Did she say why are you crying? crying? You started crying. No, she was like, what are you doing? Because I like, oh. I, 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 I like yelled in there. She was like, what are you doing? Blah 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 blah. And everything. She was. She thought I might wake up my daughter or whatever. I was like, no. she thought she was in there having fun, had to come regulate. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was like, no, but there's a difference. I was like, because people think people think just because they play this for blah blah blah, because they do X Y Z that they a hooper. I'm like, you not a hooper. You are a basketball player. Yeah, you got the fundamentals down. You got all the X Y Z, but you 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 can't think for yourself. You can't just if I just roll the ball. If I take you to a pickup, like like just a outdoor court, or whatever. We they play a pickup ball, whatever, and I just throw you out there. And I'm like, hey, go hoop. You not you not going out there and hoop. You know what I mean? For you sure. Gotta, you gotta, oh, I gotta build all this. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And it's like, okay, you go get a hooper. You throw them out there. He gonna go ball regardless. Mm-hmm. Now a hooper, you put him in the setting of a basketball player, like in the fundamentals. They not gonna always do extremely well because. Not all hoopers have amazing. A lot of them don't actually don't have amazing fundamentals and all that other stuff, because that's not what they. You know, they just they got the they're gonna figure it like out. The, yeah, they got the feel for the game yeah. where they don't have to worry about okay, 
this is what's supposed to happen. Like, you know how you're supposed to watch for the when you come up, when somebody's closing out on you, you attack the high foot and yeah. you make them do all that. Hoopers don't got like they don't have to look at him like, okay, which foot blah blah thinking you're like, okay, yeah, they're doing they're doing it successfully, but hoopers, that's just natural. They be like they don't even think about it, they just one, two, boom, whatever, pull up, mm-hmm. go past, lay, like whatever. It's just it's just it's like breathing. Them. It's like yeah, breathing. it's just like breathing. So I was like, that's the that's the difference between a hooper and a basketball player. And people, a lot of people don't understand that difference, but like that, that, that there's a there's a big difference. Luca a hooper. Luca a hooper, and people critique his game all the time. And only time I critique Luca's game is whenever I'm talking to one of my homies and he be critiquing him, talking about the Celtics and all the other stuff. Then I start critiquing him. But for the most part, you have to really nitpick Luca's game to try to be and people be like, you know. People talk about it like, oh, he's not that good of a three-point shooter. But even though he do be hitting threes, his percentage isn't that high. Oh, he's not a good free throw shooter. Oh, he's slow. Oh, he doesn't have the his fundamentals in this way or that way aren't right. And I'm like, you go put that man out there though. That man's still giving you a 39 and 9. Regardless. You like, yeah, he's slow. Yeah, he got all these problems. Okay, if he got all those problems, why you still just give up 30? Hell yeah. Like, like hey. Hey, it's like it like I know he's a he's a product of his system too, but hey, he's regardless of what system, that man gonna hoop. I don't even think he's a product of a system. I mean, that system definitely helps, but I think they kinda bent that system to help support him. I think yeah. like you said, man, he gonna he gonna hoop regardless. And that's Yeah, I, I agree. He gonna hoop regardless. I just think I mean like, the league is full of you see this what you say? I want to say the league is full of niggas like that though. Like they just gonna hoop no matter what. Like no matter what team. Like you like gonna Harden. see Lou Will Harden. You gonna see Lou Will back in Atlanta. You know he gonna he gonna leave straight from Magic City to the arena. He gonna put up a smooth. <laughs> he, gonna, he gonna give him a smooth fifteen a game on a light day. No worries, no problem, no nothing. Just go up there, throw the throw the warm ups off, and just go go get buckets. And that's yeah. all you. That's all it is. That's all yeah. it is. It's just a. Uh, you, you know you built different when you can handle two girlfriends. That shit crazy. <laughs> uh yeah, Lou Lou Will is a wild one. He he's definitely a wild one. But um yeah, we going long. We this this episode long as hell. Yeah, man. Let's like, I told you, up, I said that beforehand too. I said this episode is gonna be long because we're gonna get in here. We don't just start talking. We know we're gonna forget everything, how we supposed to go. But mm-hmm. anyway, I feel like that's a straight episode. That's how it should be in the first place. Just be on here rapping everything. Hey man, yeah, but, you know when you gotta make yourself stop a little bit, right? Yeah. That yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So okay, we'll, but, we'll be um, back soon. We'll take a little Yeah, we're gonna take a little break. We'll be back though. But um, let me go ahead and close out. Uh, thanks again for coming out. I know you about to be a routine guest, so I don't really have to. You, I shouldn't even be thanking you like that because you about to be on next time. Not like no, no, no. You should, that. you should still thank me though. You should still thank me though. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, I, I appreciate it. So, um, like I always say, always remember to respect women. That's why spells. I say we gotta respect our queens. Always remember <laughs> to respect <laughs> women. But most importantly, remember to always respect yourselves. Mm-hmm.